Hello. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Who I Do. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And this is the podcast that tells you that you might have to tell your mom off, but in love, so you can have the wedding you want. Yeah, I guess something like that. <laughs> well, look. This episode is a good one. It is about setting boundaries because, you know, there are a lot of people that have a lot of things to say about your wedding, what you should do, what you should look like, all the details. And, you know, these people mean a lot to us, but sometimes you just kind of want to do what you want to do. So, yeah, we have a very great guest that really enforces this with her couples that she works with. And I think y'all are really going to enjoy this episode. So as you all know, we have a shop. Yeah, we've actually had a shop a lot longer than some of your favorite other shops. But look, you can shop there too. But right now we want you to shop with Hue I Do. Go to shop.hueido.com and find stickers, mugs, sweatshirts, tees, and so much more for you, your bridal party, and your favorite wedding vendors. So thank us later, but enjoy it now. Today we have a very, very special guest. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Carrie Ann. I am a wedding coach and planner. So uh, what that means is that while I have years of planning experience and I do everything that a traditional wedding planner does, I also hold emotional space for my clients. I love just being that person that people can vent to and that outside source that doesn't have like a vested emotional interest in your wedding that can give you some real actionable advice. Yeah, I think everyone needs a you. <laughs> yeah especially while they're getting married or like the, or going through that process of getting married I hear most often um from people who are already married I wish I had you <laughs> seriously it's like you want someone that's emotionally invested enough to kind of like help you navigate all of this but is like so far removed from like the bs of your family or like friends or like even just like girl someone that can get you together but like you know it's you know it's for like a good reason you know not like sometimes you can't receive that same like information if it's from someone that's like too close to you because it's like oh well, maybe there's a bias there but with you it's like no that's what i need Absolutely. you for <laughs> i'm uh you know i i always tell my clients like well i i obviously want this wedding to happen <laughs> Right. But I also I'm also there with all of the the knowledge and the logistical advice that you really can't get from somebody who doesn't have experience as a planner. So I know people who do one or the other. There's definitely engagement coaches out there and there's couples therapists and I'm not a therapist. Um, I'm usually there for more for one of the people in the couple. And if it's a hetero couple, then it's likely the bride. But um but yeah, I think that's that's the main difference, right? Is like having somebody who has all of that knowledge and can give you that advice because something might 
be, fall in both categories. If it's, if it's a coaching situation, but it's also a budgetary issue. So I can advise on both of those levels and sort of just give you a more succinct answer and some, something you can really use. I love it. So you're going to have all the good nuggets and gems. I already feel it for this conversation we're going to have tonight because, you know, people get engaged and they start hearing all this feedback and, you know, all the, all the comments from everyone and anyone that matters and doesn't matter. And you're basically going to help us like figure out how to kind of weed through all that and how to set these firm boundaries of like what you should actually be able to like, you know, the hills you should die on and like how to make sure that the people in your life and especially those that are close to you are not like infringing on what should be one of the happiest moments of your life. Right. So I'm excited. Yeah. So basically what she's saying is get your pen and paper out. That's basically what she said. (laughs) (laughs) So Carrie Ann, where are you from? I am from Montreal, Quebec in Canada. I feel like most of your listeners and a lot of my Instagram followers are American. So good news is that um, I also work virtually. I have a lot of American couples and I travel, but yeah, I'm from Montreal. It's that it's super warm out today. It's uh, it's 45 degrees Fahrenheit. And for us in March, that's like amazing. I put on my spring jacket. I took off my scarf. Oh my gosh. I'm like <laughs> warm. 45 degrees is cold. <laughs> like <laughs> I absolutely dislike being cold. And so 45 degrees, like it was warm today. I think it was like it hit maybe like the 70s. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect weather. But 45, whew, I'm pray free. Well, maybe you like it. And plus you're pregnant. So you need all the air that she, <laughs> you need all the air that you can get. So <laughs> I am 35 weeks pregnant and uh, I definitely run hot. <laughs> yes. So all my windows are open. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm suffering. <laughs> oh my God. Canadian and he can't handle winter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, at least you're almost there. Like the finish line is yes. in sight. I mean, my friend just like had her son yesterday and she was like, he is three days past his due date. <laughs> like I am so ready for him to come. She had to be induced. Like she had to have an emergency C-section because he was just comfortable and had no desire of leaving. But hopefully that's not the case for you. <laughs> when the time comes, your child will be ready to just come on out. And no problems. Yeah. If she's anything like me, um, she's stubborn and she'll come when she's good and ready. <laughs> well, at least you know that. At least yeah. you know. <laughs> But I'm always earlier on time. So let's, here's hoping. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. Oh she my God. <laughs> on time. <laughs> right. All right. So we're going to play a quick game of this or that. Um, Listeners know this is a game we play every week where you pick between one option or the other and you explain why you pick the option you pick. And for this week, we're going to play four rounds. Um, So we'll start out with you, Carrie Ann, then we'll go to Tania, and then we'll circle back around. So to start off, would you prefer to have your like your wedding planner's opinion of your venue or your fiance's opinion of the venue? 
I'm going to have to go with wedding planner, honestly. And it's not because, and the thing is, my partner has a really good eye and he worked in the restaurant industry for 15 years. So he would be great at part of choosing the venue, but a planner just knows things to look for. Like, where's the water source here? How is this going to function for the kitchen? So logistically, and and they'll be able to look at how they're going to save me money on this venue. Like, um, are the chairs and tables included? Just questions that my fiance would just never think to ask. So I would much rather have professional opinion. Oh, that's good. Because mm-hmm. I feel like me and my fiance should both agree on the venue. And hopefully we can, you know, possibly like work around it. You know? Okay. I mean, so, in an ideal scenario, I don't think, I think if you have a planner, they won't send you to the venue that's not a good fit. So then you and your partner should true. go together. That's true. That is true. <laughs> that is so true. I'm kind of in this predicament right now since we lost our venue, um, our reception or anniversary or whatever, our COVID made us do this later <laughs> event. And so we have this wonderful venue that we just absolutely loved. And they are now a casualty of COVID. So we're now looking for a venue again. And on Friday, I start going on tours again. And I'm just like, Ugh, I did this two years ago. But anyway, with that being said, my husband has been, it is, I'm, I'm already, I'm like, I love venue touring. I also don't like venue touring in a pandemic, even though like no one should really be there. So it really shouldn't be like that big of a deal, but I'm just like, I haven't really been on the highway in a year. <laughs> so now I have to hop on the highway. Yeah. I haven't gone anywhere. To, I mean, not really outside of like, anyway, I'm not going there with you, Tania. I'm not doing this. But <laughs> all that to say, he's had certain opinions on cert- some of these venues. And I'm like, I just like, w- I just want to pick the first one that's like, oh, okay, this isn't our price point. It's fine. Okay, sure. Let's just do it. So we can like move on and see what vendors we lost because of this or not. So anyway, my opinion is, I I don't even, I don't even know. My vendor makes more sense because of course, like you were saying, Carrie Ann, like she's going to know stuff about the catering kitchen and things like that, where I'm just paying attention to does the bridal suite or the get ready suite have a restroom. And he's just like, can we take pictures outside? So like, who cares? (laughs) That's important. But Yes, it is. But yeah. all right. So anyway, second round. Would you prefer to have a coworker give you wedding advice, or a distant family member that you haven't seen in over fifteen years give you wedding advice? I have to pick one, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, who could I more easily ignore? I guess the coworker is a little easier. Um, family is always tough, and uh, and they. I'm sure we'll get into their sense of entitlement. A coworker, I feel like it's just not as personal, so I won't take it to heart. And so that will be less likely to upset me. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'd rather the coworker because I think I could just be like, mm, that's just your opinion. <laughs> same. Very true. Yeah. Okay. I feel the same as well because, as you said, like, I can either take her advice or not. You know, I'm not going to hear about it because that person may not even be at the wedding. 
<laughs> they probably won. So <laughs> I can be like, hmm, you know, that was good advice. Thank you so much. And then be on with my day. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. I mean, the distant family member will probably work their way into a conversation with someone that is close to me. I'll still roll my eyes because like, who are you? And will you even get an invite, especially to what we're doing this year? Like <laughs> nobody's getting an invite really. <laughs> anyway, third round. So would you prefer to have your maid of honor comment on your wedding dress or your mom comment on your wedding dress? I'm going to assume that it's not a good comment. Yeah. Uh, that's so hard. Uh, I wish they would neither of them comment, of course, but I, this is so hard. Uh, I guess I would prefer, okay, so in, in my case, I would actually prefer my maid of honor to make the comment because, and my best friend knows this, um, we don't have the same style at all. And so I just don't like, and I'm, I'm always giving her shit about her style and how she needs to work on it. So if she had a comment on my wedding dress, I would be like, what do you know? Um, whereas <laughs> I think my mom, I think it would be really, really <laughs> hurtful. Um, and especially everything with moms is so loaded on wedding days. And I know we're going to mm -hmm. talk so much more about this, but just like a, a, to hint at it, like your mom thinks your wedding day is her wedding day also for a lot of reasons. So, and there's just that bond between mother and child where like, they just know how to get you, don't they? Like they really mm -hmm. can get under your skin in a way that, and it can be damaging like for your whole relationship. Whereas I feel like with a best friend, um, I don't, there's more of an even playing field and you can be more honest. And like, if she pisses me off, I'm just going to tell her versus my mom. If she pisses me off, I might like not say, and then I might just be sad. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say the same. I'm made of honor. Let me know just because I really feel like many of my friends are very honest Sometimes they can be a little bit too honest. Um, and so, and we're still friends. And so, yeah, I'll be able to, I'll be able to take it. And if I don't yeah. like it, then I'll clap back or something, you know. But you, but you can't have your mom being like, mm, Tania. <laughs> I mean, I'll definitely respect my mom's opinion just because, you know, I do respect her and, you know, I, and also I do value her opinion, you know, so um, mm -hmm. I definitely know that, that my mom wouldn't be coming from a place of, uh, what's the right word? Like, like not a bad place. Yeah. Yeah. She means yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So okay. I feel like anything that I like, my mom would also like, unless if it's like showing too much skin or, you know, <laughs> it's too short, then of course, then she's going to have something to say about it. But other than that, <laughs> she's cool. <laughs> you oh, know miss pam <laughs> i know i know hey miss pam <laughs> um yeah i'm trying to think like i would want my mom to like my dress more than i would want say you to like my dress because like you were saying carrie and like this is also kind of her day too and so she might kind of like what's what's that kind of like vicariously kind of 
emote that day or live that day through what I'm looking like and, you know, my entire aesthetic. So granted, I mean, there are parts of, I'm sure what my ultimate look will be. Maybe she would prefer something else. Maybe my hair differently or makeup differently, but I don't care because I'll look good and she'll just have to like fix her mind to whatever she was thinking will be what she'll see. So, okay, whatever. Anyway, last round. (laughs) Um, Having the wedding of your dreams with financial help and criticisms from your family or having the wedding of your budget so you can bypass all that BS. This is a super easy one for me. Have it in your budget. Don't like at the end of the day, you know, if your parents are going to be hell on wheels, um, just Mm -hmm. pay for your own wedding and bypass all of that. I have so many couples that have done that, especially this past year because they've eloped and they're ecstatic. And you know what? You, they, they can have a party down the line and let their parents throw them a party that's their parents aesthetic and they can just attend as honored guests and enjoy so a hundred percent, I would say if, if it's going to be that much of a headache, stick with the budget and it will be of your dreams because you're going to actually love it. Great answer. I agree. Um, so I'll definitely save up myself and go ahead and pay for it. That makes sense. And honestly, I think there's so much freedom in that, like, because you're not bound to a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily do because you feel obligated because of their help. And because like some family members will throw it in your face and some won't even, I mean, you can have the wedding of your budget without family help and they'll still try to find some like real cheap way for you to have this wedding. Like, you know, you could have it in the church basement. Why? I don't go to that church. <laughs> like, why do I want to have this in a basement? Or like, why do we have to do beer and wine? I want to have an open bar. You know, like it's, it's a little stupid things that people want to like nitpick on. But if it were their event, they would want to spend top dollar. They would not want to skim it. It's just yeah. funny that like, even, even if people aren't investing in the wedding, like you said earlier, your, you know, distant cousin or coworker, they still have an opinion so you're not safe completely by paying for it yourself, but you definitely have, you'll have more confidence saying to whoever's giving you their opinion. Exactly. Oh, well, that was a fun full round of this or that, as always. I love our this or that, I swear. I know I said this yesterday when we were recording, but I'm like, it really is fun to like come up with these scenarios and to like hear everyone's thoughts and reasonings behind it. Cause some of this I think is harder than you would imagine. So. mm. Yeah. I love it so much. And I love playing it on your Instagram and I always have an opinion and we'll message you about it because um, (laughs) there's, you have to draw a line in the sand with some of this wedding etiquette BS, you know? And I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. And then just like a lot of bad habits that people get into, like, it seems like it's like the, the thing to do is to like make a wedding Pinterest board and I'm not here for it. I have a lot of spicy opinions about that too. So, you know, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that today, but, but there's just, there's so many things that are like the way it's always been done for weddings. And um, why is it that way? Why does it have to be that way? Is that 
Is that the best solution for you as a couple? Maybe not. I agree a thousand percent. So that's the perfect way for us to kind of like transition into the meat of it all. So actually talking about setting these boundaries and setting boundaries really for yourself and your relationship and what not a better time to do that than your engagement period. Because honestly, some of this stuff could even trickle into your marriage. Like, (laughs) you know, parents feeling as if they still have a, they're still mommy and they're still daddy and they're still paying for stuff or they're still doing It's like, no, I've moved on. I've, I, you know, like I got a house or I got an apartment or whatever with my significant other. And we have committed ourselves to each other. You were there. You don't have to like input yourself anymore. So, um, just to start, I'm sure we all know very much like what this looks like, but could you just share some kind of examples of like what it looks like for wedding boundaries to be crossed? Uh, I have so many examples that I've witnessed (laughs) in my years in the industry. And like, um, number one, like a really horrible thing that I've witnessed and I know other planners have witnessed is parents calling your vendors. So like actually calling your florist and saying, I don't like the flowers that were chosen. And I'd like you know, you to do something else. Um, what? <laughs> that, that's a huge one. And uh, one in which your, your vendors definitely need to know to have your back and they should just know, um, but they don't always. And so choose wisely. <laughs> and another one would be like being passive aggressive towards your partner or just making comments, not being cool about your partner, huge boundary it's being crossed. Like when you think about it, you know, Ashley, you said it earlier, you're preparing to be married. This is your, I always say partner, not just because, you know, I'm here for all couples, um, not just hetero couples, but, uh, but also because like, to me, it embodies what you are, what you are in life, right? When you don't have kids yet, it's, it's maybe doesn't feel right to say your family, even though you are becoming family. Um, But that's it. You're locked in for life. So you really have to have each other's backs. And so you need to defend your partner if your if your mom comes for them. Ooh, that has to be tough, especially. I can't imagine being a vendor. Exactly. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine like whose mom is calling a vendor. Like this is a person that you have not spent time with. Well, maybe you have, but, but limited. Yeah, and so it's not like, hi, is this Deborah? Yes, this is so and so's mom. I just want to let you know that we need to change the flowers. <laughs> Who does this? That is a rip from the archives example. And I'll tell you another one. Same person called the venue because the florist wasn't playing ball and asked uh, the venue manager to talk sense into the bride because she didn't like the flowers that were chosen. And I don't know what possessed this person to write that email but I called her immediately and said why would you get involved like I'm their planner you don't need to say anything and now you've just really pissed the bride off like it really caused it really caused a lot of friction you just first of all as a vendor you kind of if you're not the planner you got to stay out of it and if you are the planner you have to remember who your client is and that is the couple so I don't sign contracts with parents. I sign contracts with couples regardless of who's paying for the wedding, just to be sure 
it's really clear whose side I'm on and for all of your vendors. So that would be just one piece of advice. If you did take out your pen and paper, like you were asked, um, sign all your own contracts, read them, <laughs> get a planner, have your planner read them and then sign your own contract. So it's very clear that you are the client. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tania is just like Hi. silent. She yeah. has no words. Mm-hmm. And that was question one. <laughs> that was the first question. <laughs> yes. So next question, who usually has the most input in the bride's wedding planning? Well, I mean, the couple has the most input. Um, and I mean, it's going to be the obvious answer. The parents definitely have some and especially if they're investors, they have some. And then I think the only other input that you would get would be from vendors who really have hopefully your best interest at heart. I really make a point of working with ethical vendors, people that I trust that I've, you know, if I haven't worked with them before, we've, we've had like a good chat so that like, I know where, how they are. And I've got good um, social proof from past clients that I, I know where their, where their ethics are. Um, So your vendors definitely can give you like amazing input because we know what's up and we know what things should cost. And, you know, we, we want to keep working. So we want to do a great job. Also wedding vendors, we're the softest, like we just love, love. So (laughs) we love couples in love. We're going to be a really good support system. Um, And then I guess occasionally there's uh, a religious authority that might have a bit of an opinion. So that really is for couples doing any kind of religious thing. They're going to have to follow some of those rules. That makes a lot of sense. In hindsight, um, I, when I was coming up with a question, I was thinking, of course, like you have the family. I thought about the vendors a little bit, but I didn't think about kind of like the officiants or like the religious side of things because yeah, even I guess, depending on their relationship, like if it's a childhood rabbi or like a childhood pastor or something like that, they've seen that person as a kid. So they might not recognize that that person doesn't, not to say they don't believe the same way anymore, but like maybe their relationship with their like, you know, who they believe in has evolved or has shifted. So it might still be enough to like, I want to honor this part of my life in the ceremony, but do I agree everything in this book? Not necessarily. Or like, maybe I'm doing things that you might not necessarily, like maybe we're living together beforehand and you might have an issue with that. Like you might hear some of that feedback during that time because you asked them to be a part of your day. I never thought about that. I haven't really seen like anything that drastic come up, but um, definitely on the logistical side, like you brought up rabbis and listen, a chuppah is not just four poles. It also has to be covered. So there, and depending on like the level of religiousness of your rabbi, because there's so many degrees, um, I'm Jewish. I'm like super Jewish light, but like there's, there's so many ways to be Jewish. Um, <laughs> and there's rabbis have all kinds of different rules about, you know, whether they'll marry you if you're not both Jewish or what mm. kind of things you need to do in advance of the wedding. There's courses as well. Like in the Catholic tradition, there's co- a course that you have to take 
So just those kinds of things of, of what has to be done. But that's just, again, like just making a good choice with your officiant, right? Like picking someone um, who does know you from childhood. I think that sounds amazing. Um, or picking, picking somebody who has like your same level of religiousness so that when you say, for example, um, you know, I had a rabbi at my wedding and I said, I don't want to do the seven circles. It's this, this tradition where the bride walks around the groom seven times. And she just said, okay, what if you walk around him three, he walks around you three and you do a circle together. And I said, like, is it really necessary that we do this circle thing? And she said, well, <laughs> you don't have to, but like, here's what it's, I can't remember actually, but I, she told me why we do it. And at the time I thought it was kind of sweet. And I thought, okay, I could include that in my wedding. So it was a bit of a negotiation, but yeah. it ended yeah. up being something that I liked. So she had some input, but she was also able to explain to me like why we have a chuppah, why we break the glass. And that actually made the whole ceremony more meaningful for both of us. And I was able to bring my husband into a bit of my, you know, my upbringing because he's not Jewish. I like that. Yeah. Not all input is bad. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Some of it, I think when it's rooted in like tradition, that's when tradition or just like what someone feels just like you have that one person that's kind of a control freak and it has to be the way they like things or it's not their way at all. Um, but yeah, I forgot. There are, there are positive sides, <laughs> like <laughs> opinions and feedback and whatnot. Oh gosh. Okay. So these people that we've discussed, the family, the bridal party, the vendors, the religious entities, everybody, everybody. Why do these people feel as if their opinions matter? I mean, number one is, um, this is the reason that all adults think I, I'm 37, I'm having my own baby and I'm still like, don't think I'm an adult. But this is the reason that all grown ups, you know, not us, think that their opinion matters is because they, they have experience and wisdom, right? So that's part of it. And then another aspect, of course, is like if you're investing financially, in the wedding. So like when it comes to vendors, it's more like their wisdom and their experience that's coming in. When it comes to parents, it's that wisdom experience. It's also, if they're making a financial investment, they're going to have an opinion that goes along with that investment. And they might not understand what like the total budget is and how little their contribution is to it, let's say, or um, it's, it's important to make sure that that gift doesn't come with strings. And that would be something you can do about, about it ahead of time. So if people are listening and you're not already um, in the thick of it, I would definitely have some advice for what to do before you have that meeting about the budget, which we can talk about later or, you know, anyone, you can DM me anytime. <laughs> Love chatting. But um, the third thing actually is that, and this is, this is the tough one with parents. I saw this on a TV show. I'm not going to remember the name because I warned you earlier, ladies, um, that I have pregnancy brain. But um, I saw it on this TV show that the mom was like, you're mine. You're a part of me. And the kid was like, no, I'm not. I'm this independent person. And it really struck a chord with me because it's what I see all the time is this these parents that feel like their kid is an extension of their own body in a way. You know, like you're you're me, but you're my you're a little me. So this is my wedding. So it's that big a deal to them. So as a bride or a groom, having that in your mind and having a little compassion, and this is something I often say to my clients to just give them some perspective, you know, not that your parents are right to be this way, but like you said earlier, when it comes to the dress, it's coming from a place of like 
so much love for you and so much attachment to you as their child. Like it's like, they're getting married. You know, they want to go see the wedding venue. They want to go see where their wedding is happening. Um, they, that's how, that's how close they feel to you. And then I guess there's just a little part of it too, that is, this is how it's always been done. So like in the 1950s, you know, we would never have paid for our own weddings. Our parents paid for it and planned it. And maybe your parents didn't get to plan their own wedding. And so not only do they think that it's normal that they should be having this much of an opinion because that's how it was for them. Um, but also this is their chance, right? To live vicariously through you and take it back. Like they didn't get to plan their wedding, but they get to plan this one. So I think it just comes down to like, uh, so, so many emotions at play, so much feelings at play. And, um, and then we're just the fact that we are, we're not our parents, we're super different from them. And that's really, really hard for them to understand. It's really, really good advice. That element of like how tradition kind of ties into it makes so much sense. And, you know, I think like I go back and I think about my parents' wedding and you're right. I think my grandma did plan that. Like, I think my mom had a little bit of input. I remember talking to my mom and she was like, we didn't have bachelorette parties. We didn't do bachelorette weekends back then. That was in the eighties. Like, has life really changed that much in 40 years? Yeah. Like to me, I mean, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I I know. I don't think my parents had a bachelorette party at all. Um, But they said that they had a beautiful wedding and they invited like 250 people. And I think it was only Ooh. like $5,000 maybe, or maybe even less, I think less than that. But back then, you know, things were just cheap. Yeah. You could, yeah. you could do. Yeah. So yeah, you can't do that now. <laughs> my mom had like, maybe I'm over exaggerating, like eight bridesmaids and a maid of honor. And like all her sisters were in her wedding. Majority of them. Yeah. And it was old. How old were your parents when they got married? Because my parents, they're divorced now, but they got, <laughs> and guess why? Uh, they got married when they were 19 and 21. Wow. Ooh. I think my dad was 24. My mom was 26. Yeah. My mom was, my parents were 24. And I think my mom was 26 when she had me and 20. My dad was 25 because they're like, five months apart gotcha um yeah 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 so, so young I think, yeah very yeah, young married younger would mean that you don't have as much money and mm-hmm. your parents are footing the bill and you're also just not as established like I got married when I was 29 and you you know you're much more sure of who you are and what you like as the older you get I remember I hadn't met my husband yet when I was, I met him when I was 27, but I remember being in my mid twenties and I was like, I hope I meet him soon because the older I get, the more um, set in my ways I become and the less willing I am to bend for somebody else. And I want to be able to like grow with my partner and bend for him. Luckily he, he like doesn't mind how firm in my opinions I am, but just the older we get, the, the more, the more sure of ourselves we are. Right. And the less willing we are to take other people's opinions. So it also is just, it's just how maybe how old they were. Very true. Yep. I beat you to it, Tania. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when should we establish these boundaries that we have been talking about? Like in the very beginning, 
when someone says something like, and how do you approach someone and be like, Hey, this is how we're doing things. This is how I want it to be done. Like, is that even appropriate to do? Like, <laughs> so to establish the boundaries first, um, and you're going to have to remind me of the other question because I'll forget, but how to, how to bring it up with people. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So first to establish the boundaries, what I do with my couples, uh, with all my couples is I give them a questionnaire before we have our first major meeting. And I ask them to think about uh, like, a, there's like a series of questions, but what I'm trying to get at is what are your values? How do you complement each other? What matters most to you about your wedding? Like, who are you two? What are you, what's, what's, what's going on with the two of you? And what I mean by all of that is what is a big yes for you for your wedding, right? What's a, like, what's a must have? What's super important? And that could be like my guests having a great time is really important. So I know that we need like a band and a DJ, or um, it could be that the ceremony is the most important thing. So I know they're going to really want to work on those vows. So it just gives me an idea of what's like a big yes for them. And then from there I go, what are the problems that you think you're going to encounter? Who do you think is going to be a problem? I want you to start thinking about it right now. Before we even talk about the budget, think about who is going to, who might harsh my mellow? Who's going to have an opinion? What am I worried about? Um, you can kind of figure out right away what you're saying no to. And this is like crux of what all boundaries are, is whenever you're saying yes to something, you are saying no to something else. And I'll probably say this like a couple of times, but this is about caring about yourself, caring about your couple. And I always say that self-love is super important in a relationship. And so this is like, when I'm saying yes to myself, I'm saying no to somebody else. So I, you know, I had a situation like a personal situation last year where I had agreed to do some work, a side gig, not wedding work for someone. And it just felt, ended up falling at a really bad time. And if I had committed to it, then I would have had to say no to something that was way more interesting for me in my business. So I had to back out at the last minute. I felt really bad doing that. But I just said to, you know, the person I had had to let down, if I say yes to you, I'm saying no to myself and that's not okay. So understand, like understanding that from the beginning that, um, that this is about you guys as a couple and about saying yes to yourselves as a team, as a partnership. And that's where it's coming from for you to establish these boundaries. And then what I do for them is I take all of that information in, we have a conversation and then I create for my couples, a wedding mantra. So it's just a single phrase that really identifies, um, what, what's like the global theme of your wedding. When I say theme, I'm talking about like an emotional theme, you know, like I'm not talking about like romantic or modern or whimsical or, or whatever fairy tale. I'm thinking more like we want to be surrounded by the people that love us most. So now you're establishing guest list, right? So my, my personal wedding mantra that I always give away for free is that uh, because I didn't, I didn't have this framework back then when I got married, but I had this argument with my dad about the guest list. And I said, only people who love us in the room, because what was really important to me was that I didn't want to be fake nice to somebody on my wedding day. I wanted to make sure that I felt like me on my wedding day. And I worked at the time in catering. So a huge part of my job was being fake nice to people. <laughs> and I was like, can I just be myself on my wedding day? So figure out what really matters to you and what's going to be a deal breaker for you first. 
And from there, you're going to establish your, you know, mantra is the word is the sentence I use, but like, I would say like your uh, bottom line, you know, your line in the sand or your, I think Ashley said earlier, like your hill to die on, you know, it doesn't have to be harsh. It could be something really positive, but it's going to, it's going to encapsulate hopefully, you know, or maybe you have a few of them that encapsulate like what, what the standards are going to be going forward in this event. So get those rules from the outset. And then you asked me how to bring it up with people. So that's a tricky one because it depends where you're at in the wedding planning. If you're early, then, you know, if I'm catching you early, I would say before you have this meeting with your parents about the budget, do this with your partner and then go have this meeting with your parents about the budget and go in with a united front and tell them your wedding mantra or tell them what really matters to you and ask them how, you know, how much they're investing and what strings come along with that investment, because there are going to be some, but maybe you can get ahead of it by figuring out what the deal breakers are for them. So, and you can feel like it, whether those conflict with what deal breakers are for you. Yeah. And another thing I would say is you can bring it up. Like why I love doing this with my couples is you can also bring it up with your vendors and it's going to give them that insight into who you are as a couple and how they can make this day magical for you. Because like I said earlier, your suppliers are ecstatic to be part of your wedding. They want it to be amazing for you. They want to figure out how to make it amazing for you. So the more information you give us, the better. So if you let us know what your values and boundaries are and what your, your wishes for your dream wedding, the more that we can make sure that, that it, you know, if you want a wedding that's super representative of you, even the, from the bar service, like maybe you want signature cocktails. It's like that, it just flows into every single aspect of the planning. That seems like such an easy like thing to really just level set your wedding. Like just start off. And that seems even better than like a freaking Pinterest board. Like coming up with your mantra and just sticking to that will set probably the tone for everything else. Because if you're really like intentional and detailed about it, or not detailed, like detailed, but like, if it's not just like, I want everyone to have a good time, like, okay, but what, like, go a little deeper, like, what does that actually mean? What does a good time actually look like? Like, being able to actually kind of visualize it better, I can imagine would be so much easier to, like, explain to people when you're seeking out your freaking vendors, like, they'll know what type of, like, vibe you're trying to be on, because it's like, look, this is what we're trying to do, period. And, and as an entrepreneur, and I mean, you are entrepreneurs, you know, I'm sure at some point you sat down and thought about the truth of your brand and think about your, I don't like to think of a couple as a brand, but you know, this is your, this is a major event and it's a huge investment. So it's a really big deal. The thing is that this is still your family. So there might, um, give them something, you know, to get something in return. So it might be a bit of a negotiation. And, uh, you know, like I I said earlier, I planned my wedding, um, with my dad. I don't know if I explained that, but my dad is an event planner and I'm an event planner, but I wasn't really at the time I was still in catering and I was more of an event assistant. I was just starting. So we planned my wedding together and we're both, um, Tauruses, Taurus sun and moon. If you're into astrology at all, I'm a Taurus sun and moon. And I just did his chart because I was sure he was, and he is a Taurus sun and moon, which means we're super hard-headed and like we argue for fun. 
So, um, but also like, but also we get mad, right? So, so we both had things that were essential for us at the wedding. And, um, I drew my line in the sand about who was going to be in the room. I didn't want his business associates that I don't like. And he drew his line in the sand about some things that I wanted. Uh, I remember in particular, I had this idea, which I'm glad he, he actually won this argument and I'm glad he did. I wanted to have like a lot of stuff that guests could bring home. Like I wanted both, I wanted like the place cards to be like something the place card holder to bring something they bring home. And I wanted there to be something at the seat. And I wanted there to be things throughout the night that they could like gather and bring home. And my dad was like, no, Carrie Ann, it's not a bar mitzvah. And then he was right. <laughs> and he really wanted us to have um, a photo booth with a beautiful frame. And he said, the frame, they're going to take home. And I was like, that's boring. But he said, and he was right. He said, when you go to your friend's house for the next 30 years, it's only been eight, but when you go to your friend's houses, you're going to see that they're going to go home. They're going to put that frame down, down somewhere and it's going to live there forever. And sure enough, every time I go to one of my friend's houses, I see a picture from my wedding on the coffee table or on the wall in this gorgeous, we had like big eight by 10 frames. It was like a really cool parting gift. And I, I mean, really like it was the favor, like it didn't even matter that much. So I gave him the pickle and I ended up being happy. I did. So in cases like that, like think about whether this thing is worth, is, is this the hill to die on? Like, is this really worth it to you? Um, there were a lot of things I wanted for my wedding that I did not get. And, uh, and some I'm still mad about, but like that one for sure, I'm glad that he, that he won that argument. So I think you just need to think about whether, whether it really matters. I love that. That makes sense though. Like, yeah. I mean, if they are contributing in some way, you do kind of have to make them feel like they are valuable and they mm-hmm. are heard or seen through all of this, even if it's like something very, very minor. I, I, I mean, I, it's but, only right. Yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. also, I love the idea of a photo, like a frame for a picture frame. Cause like, yeah, that's, that's meaningful. Not like this little thing of mints. I don't care about mints. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he knows what he's doing. He's been in this business for a really long time. So True. I'm glad I listened to some, to some of the things that he said. But um, but you brought up a really good point, Ashley. Like, make them feel like they have a say, right? So think about that a little bit. I'm not advising people to be super manipulative, but like a little manipulative is okay. So with all this great advice that you're giving us, does this mean we shouldn't bring our bridesmaids with us to go dress shopping? <laughs> uh, no, I think you don't, definitely can bring your bridesmaids with you wedding sh- uh, dress shopping. I Good. think, yeah, <laughs> just, but choose wisely. I mean, you don't need to bring, anyway, here's a great thing. You can't bring more than two people at the moment. <laughs> at least in, in, in Quebec, we're not allowed. So, um, so you're limited. Uh, I know a lot of people want to bring like their mom when they're wedding dress shopping, especially because that's that often is the thing that like mom's paying for is the dress. Um, so and and you know it's a really emotional experience, so mom might want to come along. So my advice would just be choose wisely, choose people to come along who you know lift you up and make you feel good. If you're worried about something in particular, again. You know this, I, I can come up with examples till the cows come home and I can give you, you know, like real life examples of things that have happened to people, but you know your people. 
This is the thing about these values and these boundaries and your couple. You know what I'm talking about. When I said, who's harshing your mellow, someone popped into your head. You know, when you said like, can I, should I bring my bridesmaids? You know which one you don't want there. So you already know the answers to these questions, whether you should have them there or not. It's just about being honest with yourself about what's going to make you feel really good. And what I'm here to tell you is that you have every right to feel amazing on this day. So, and, and this goes for everything, you know, I've listened to your episodes about bridesmaids and like who has to be in your wedding party, keep coming back to who is this even for? That's actually a wedding mantra of one of my couples. Like, who is this event even for? It's for the two of you. So you have to put your happiness first. And so the number one thing that you're going to do before wedding dress shopping is like dive into some self-love or should you be taking yourself wedding dress shopping? Are you going to be a friend to yourself when you're wedding dress shopping? Are you going to be hard on yourself, you know, and bring people who embody that. But like, for me, my best friends just love me. Like they think I'm beautiful and the best and the funniest. And that's why they're my best friends. And I think the same of them. Like, don't you think your friends are just beautiful? So that's who you want. There is people who just see you the way that you want to be seen. That's really good advice. And I think we always want to be, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like, we always want to be like, okay, she can come. Okay. You know, and even when choosing a bridesmaids, you may already have your set people. And then, you know, we have to end up adding a little bit more just because of who that person is. And you really don't want them to be at anything except for the wedding or, you know, maybe get an invitation to the wedding, but, but yeah, like, would you really want them, you know, at the dress fitting with you? Would you really want them like laying eyes on you as you walk out of the, um, out of the dressing room with your beautiful dress on? No, no, you wouldn't. We always have good intentions in the very beginning, but sometimes things don't go as planned, if that even makes sense. I mean, it really goes back to what she was saying about yeah. being honest with yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, certain folks that, you know, would either act up or be a certain way or, you know, yeah. you can't take anywhere because they're always. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, that, that was great advice. It was truly great. Um, all right. So what should brides do when their family and friends don't respect those boundaries? Uh, I'm going to go back to that self-love and say, you have to honor your feelings. Um, and then just like, take some space, take some rest before you react. Because mm-hmm. personally, um, I don't know if you, do you guys know human design at all? This might seem a little bit woo and out there. Okay. So basically <laughs> I talked about astrology, now it's human design. You're going to be like, who is this witch that we had on the podcast? But um, <laughs> but the thing is, I'm the t- my energy is that I can't figure out, I don't have a good gut reaction. And that goes for whether I'm trying to make a decision or when someone says something that pisses me off, it shows all over my face. So what I need to do is go away for a while and like sit with my feelings, maybe talk them out with somebody I trust ride the waves of my emotion. And that's that human design piece where like, I, I am an emotional authority. So if anyone listening knows human design, 
Um, or if not, you can just message me after. Uh, this is like, this is just how I'm built is I really have to ride the waves of my emotion before I can come to a decision. And um, so just to avoid reacting right in front of them. And then um, from there, maybe you can come up with like um, a gracious, but honest response. So rather than taking your first response, which might be a little bit harsh and might be the thing that showed on your face when you were like, what did you just say? You're instead going to be like, uh, okay, I took some time with this. And what I'm hearing you say is like, like, as if you're almost like a, how a therapist would do it, right? Like, here's what I'm feeling, hearing, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what we're going to do. And then, but then be firm and establish those boundaries. This is a really, really challenging thing to do. I literally did this like an hour ago before we got on this podcast on the phone with my mom. So it's kind of funny that we're talking about it, but, um, there was someone who was offended to not be invited to um, my baby shower, my virtual baby shower. And I had to think it through about how, how I was going to deal with this without just kowtowing to what they want. Because I, I made my decisions for a reason. I don't want to be overwhelmed. Like I have to think about what all those reasons are, how much they matter to me. Because sometimes you do, like I said earlier, there's some, there are some scenarios where you're going to waffle or you're going to give them what they wanted because you're going to realize, oh, that thing wasn't that important to me. Um, but if it is important to you and you have a good reason for it being important, then honor your own reasons, have that self-respect and remember that when you are saying yes to something, you are saying no to somebody else, to something else. And if you're saying yes to something that's not right for you, then you're saying no to yourself. And that's just not a good relationship to have with yourself. Right. And so, and then, and then, bigger picture, we're talking about marriage here. If you Are you going to let um, parents come in and dictate things now? How's it going to be down the line when I don't want to assume everybody has, wants to have kids, but if, if you have kids at some point, you're going to have to say, this is where I draw the line, right? Like this is my kid and this is, it's going to be my decision. And I think like that's, that's definitely coming up a lot for me right now with like where I'm getting more and more passionate about my boundaries because I'm like, I have to, I get to do this, right? Like I have to protect her. But I also sidebar keep saying to my husband, we don't own her. She owns, she belongs to herself. You know, it's really important to remember because I just keep thinking, especially with my clients, I think my parents have been really good about letting me be my own person my whole life and encouraging me. But, but I see it with a lot of my clients with these, these controlling parents that, they feel like their kid belongs to them. And I think, I think we have to remember that we belong to ourselves and we have to give ourselves all of that respect first and demand it from other people sometimes. Very true. That's very, very true. I think about, I mean, I know this isn't a parenting podcast, but I mean, <laughs> we've definitely had those conversations too, where there are so many things you learned and saw and noticed in how you grew up that you don't want to repeat for your children. So, I mean, it, but it boils down to like the same thing for yourself, like making sure that people respect you and your feelings and your emotions. And it's not an opinion. It is a fact when it comes to you, especially if it is something that is hurtful or harmful to you, or even on the exact, like the flip side of things, like, this is something I'm so passionate about and this is what I feel. And just because you do not feel that way, doesn't mean that I'm not right 
and why I feel this way and the feeling that I have. So, um, uh, I feel I mean, like that notepad is just full. <laughs> <laughs> you have to decide, is this something that I stand for? Like if you're, yeah. if it's really important to you to have ethical vendors, you know, that's something that people stand for. And like, I know you said it's not a parenting podcast, but the thing is you're establishing your family right now. And the truth of it is, if you want to get married and, and like, you know, if that's important to you, I'm going to say a lot of couples want to get married. Um, and they want to be married when they have kids. So like, it's not too early to have that conversation either with your partner. And that's a really good in too. I feel like, you know, sometimes your partner, it doesn't want to stick up for you with their mom. And this is a really good time to explain why that's so freaking important. Because when we have kids, if we have kids, you know, you're going to, so that can kind of drive it home sometime when they're not ready to stand up for you but thinking of their future child would make them ready, then you could use that as a, again, I don't want to say manipulation tactic, but like a, like a, a motivational tool. <laughs> That's a good word. That's a good phrase. So some brides don't like shaking the table like me. I'm not a bride yet, but you know what I mean? What can they do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I get it. Like some people are a little more passive and um, I guess in that case, you're just going to have to decide how important it is to you. If it really matters, then it's going to be worth shaking the table. And um, if it's, if not ruffling people's feathers, you know, rocking the boat, I can use all the idioms <laughs> is not, is, is more important than being super happy on your day or, It'll make you super happy on your day to make sure that everybody is so pleased around you. Maybe that is your value is like making other people happy. Like the other thing though, maybe you could find somebody who can support you uh, and help you do it because sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we're too close to the people in our lives to know how to bring things up with them and hearing it from someone else can help. And I mean, I'm just clearly a big chatter. I'm a big advice giver. Um, I'm a big fan of just talking it out with somebody, be it a coach or a therapist or a best friend, or like, like we said earlier, someone outside the situation can be super helpful because they have that sort of bird's eye view without too much information. You can give them all the information they need. And especially like be super honest, like own your faults too, when you're explaining the situation to your therapist or to your coach or to whoever you're you're giving the situation to unpack to, and then, and then go ahead and take what they say. And again, sit with it before you say anything. But I think maybe if you're really afraid of upsetting people, but it's really hurting you too, I would get some help from the outside. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. You just have to like find the right person to help you. I think that's very important to make sure that the person who does step in can like, handle the situation appropriately. Um, can our vendors help us enforce the boundaries? And I, I already know that answer. Yes. <laughs> Especially if we have you like on board. So. <laughs> well, I love that you feel that way about me after such a short time hanging out, but yeah, definitely I can help. Um, it's literally exactly what I do. It's what I love to do with my clients. Um, not all planners are going to do this for you though. So choose wisely, interview your vendors, interview your planner. Like you, like I'm, I like 
paid lip service to having ethical vendors earlier, but for me, it's hugely important that the people I work with are ethical and it's becoming really clear now who is and who isn't. Um, so that's really important to me. Do you treat your staff well? Do you pay your staff a living wage? That's really important. So choosing your vendors wisely is going to help. And then interviewing them and seeing if they'll have your back. And like I said, signing your own, if you didn't write this down earlier, you sign your contracts, regardless of who pays the check, who writes, who signs the check, you sign your contracts because you are the client so that they can only listen to you and you have that to go back on. And if you think that it's going to be a problem, make sure that you establish it with them in advance. This is just all things that, um, well, I posted this on Instagram the other day. One of my favorite lines in movie history is from the wedding singer. And it's after Adam Sandler has been like left at the altar and Linda comes back and she's like, I just don't want to marry you. And he's like, you know, this information would have been more useful to me yesterday. And so I feel like that about your vendors, like just tell us straight up from the beginning, don't hide it. Tell me now to expect your mother-in-law to be a pain in the ass so that I know, so that I'm ready. And then yes, absolutely. I can hold that boundary strong for you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Communication <laughs> is key. Definitely. In all cases. But yeah. So we is- have made it to the final question in I really feel like we could be here all day. And I, I mean, I've already told you, I want to bring you back because we have several topics that we've discussed that I want you to come on here and discuss with us. But um, so for, and we always love to close with advice. So what advice would you give to a bride that, you know, she needs to put her foot down with uh, the people in her life, especially her family um, during the wedding planning process? outside of what you've already said today? Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much. Be, I'm honored and flattered and will love to come back and chat anytime. Um, I think I've given out like all of, all of my favorite pieces of advice throughout, but I'm going to sum them up and say, number one, love yourself. Have that, establish that relationship with yourself. And I, I actually, I say this a lot, um, maybe not often enough, but it's really crucial for a marriage that each person go in loving themselves. Um, Codependency is not always a cute look. So I I really would love for anyone listening to think about the relationship that you have with yourself first and, um, and work on that and having some, some self-love, some self-respect, some appreciation, having a good, you know, self-care practices. There's all kinds of ways I could talk about that for hours, but, and then from there, from that honoring of yourself, remember that this is about more than just a day and not that it's just a day. Of course, I'm a wedding planner. I know it's important, but you're also preparing to be married. This is about establishing yourselves as a couple. So start with you, then go from there to who you are, as a couple and remember how important that is. And then for the person who's, who's like on the other side of it, who's not, um, who, who loves to rock the boat, you know, I would say just for that person, think about whether the thing that you're so upset about really matters. Like how important is this thing? So I have a lot of people come to me with like, and this could be about anything. Okay. This is like, not just boundaries with other people in your lives. It's any kind of decision that you make about your wedding. Um, 
I'm going to throw Pinterest under the bus again. Like you saw something, you're, you're, you're obsessed with it. You're like, I have to have this exact thing, but your budget does not match that Pinterest thing that you saw. So how important is it that you have, I don't want to call it like an individual client by giving too clear an example, but (laughs) how important is it that you have, um, let's say that balloon arch that no one has ever asked me for. Uh, let's, how important is it that you have that thing that's like a thousand dollars over budget? Um, is it really going to add that much to your day? You know? So just the more you get stuck on something, go back to whether, does it matter for my couple? Does it really matter for me? Um, could I let this thing go? And that's easier said than done, but, uh, definitely there's, if you're, if you're holding on to something, like you really got like tooth and nail, ask yourself why, because sometimes you'll be able to find something that fulfills that reason that why other than that stupid balloon arch. I, um, uh, that was, that was great advice. I mean, (laughs) I started thinking of balloon arches. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> that love yourself part, though, yeah. is is important to know because if you love yourself and you, and if you have respect for yourself, then boundaries won't be a problem for you to set, so whether you're soft spoken or not. Yeah, and I mean, of all days to kind of like put your foot down and to actually be heard, it should be your wedding day, right? Like, Don't I mean, Barzilla, though. Well, no, but I'm saying if you have a strong opinion, say, you know, you only want 100 guests at this wedding. You don't want 150. You don't want to invite those 50 friends or not friends, but like family members you haven't seen in like 15 and 20 years that are closer to your grandparents or your father or your mom or whoever, like you should be able to have the 100. It's cheaper than the 150 you shouldn't have to like compromise having the people that are actually closer to you and actually have been closer to you in your partner's like journey than someone that might have babysat you one time when you were like five but it's like you're 35 now so (laughs) i mean you know this has been like one of the gifts of the pandemic, right? It's like, yes. well, we just can't have that many people at our wedding. So, um, like, so we get sorry. to choose. It, it can be challenging. Definitely. I mean, that's a whole episode. <laughs> but that's, it can be challenging to say no to people. It, there can be hurt feelings. Right. You've talked about this, like the plus ones and whether you need... Um, extended family, kids, all of those things. It's, it's hard to establish those boundaries, but you know, Hey, you only want a hundred guests, pick a venue that only has room for a hundred guests. And then you just can't, it's not your fault. The venue said so. I love that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I also always tell my clients to blame me. Um, I feel like that works. That works out really well. I, uh, it's a good appeal to authority well, the wedding planner said, You know, so you don't have to be the bad guy. I could be the bad guy. I don't care if your parents like me or your distant cousin likes me. The wedding (laughs) planner suggested it would really be better this way. I mean, yeah, use me. And you know, because, yeah, you're the authority. (laughs) Blame the wedding planner. I love it. Yeah. 
That should definitely be on a shirt somewhere. <laughs> I knew you were thinking that. I knew you were thinking that. will save you money. It'll save you stress. Um, it'll save your wedding. I mean, you're going to, whatever you spend on a wedding planner. And like, I hate how those like infographics online tell you what percentage of your budget you should spend on a wedding planner. It's more yeah. than that. A good wedding planner is a lot more than that. But you know what? We get preferred rates from suppliers. We're going to be your insurance policy on your wedding day. We're going to set those boundaries with your family. We're going to make sure that you have the guest count that you want. And you're going to end up saving a lot more than you spent on a wedding planner. And more than that, what is your sanity worth? Yeah. I guess I had one more piece of advice. (laughs) (laughs) But that was great advice. Yeah, it really was. (laughs) So Carrie Ann, which vendor or vendors do you want to shout out? Okay, I thought really hard about this. So I want to shout out, since we talked about wedding dresses, I want to shout out my friend Yasmin at Boutique Lester because she does, she ships worldwide and she is a body positive wedding dress designer. So she'll make something custom to you and all of her gowns are under $1,000 Canadian. So she's a really good budget option. Then I have two florists. I have one I just love, you know, I'm nuts for Instagram. Her name is uh, Doreen Reichenberg, but her Instagram is daisyhead.florals and she has the most fun Instagram feed and she also is like learning to roller skate. I think she's awesome. And my friend in Montreal, Paul Akian at Fleur des Jardins by Paul. Um, I'm sure you're going to put the link in somewhere for them because uh, who can spell things in French? Not me. But Paul is like the reason I became a wedding planner. He would see me on site as a wedding assistant and tell me like, you're just the best. And when I would say, yeah, yeah, he would go, no, no, you have to be a wedding planner. (laughs) So I love Paul and he also works worldwide. Very good. All right. So Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? So this week I would like to shout out a wedding planner based in Houston, Texas. Her name, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, is Anshua. And she plans events. She is an event planner, wedding planner. Um, her Instagram and her website are Swalaroo. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Um, her website is swalaroevents.com. Yeah. I mean, if you're in Houston, you're looking for a planner, hit her up. What about you, Tania? So this week I have a videographer. Um, He's based out of New Orleans, um, but he does travel. He has um, ATL and NYC on his bio. Um, He is an amazing videographer. You can find him on IG at B Bryant Films um, and you can find him at bbryantfilms.com. So definitely if you are in need of a videographer who is great and you all know that finding a videographer is like, it can sometimes be challenging, but definitely look him up. He's great at what he does. Yeah, that's who I have this week. Very nice. Tania is taking a page out of my book and getting a videographer because y'all know she don't be doing that. That's me. But (laughs) <laughs> let her cook this week yeah so where can they sign up carrie Ann? i am uh i'm mostly i'm on instagram all the time i'm at kith kin weddings um kith and kin it means friends and family so at kith kin weddings on instagram and uh i mean i have my website with a form and everything but honestly the best way to go find me is instagram shoot me a dm um or check out my blog my links in my bio i have i'm a contributor on medium 
And I absolutely work. I have a bunch of American clients that have signed up in, in the past year because, uh, because I can work virtually now and, uh, and plan these destination weddings and they're flying me to their destination for their wedding. So it's kind of awesome. I just like, yeah, love my American clients. I'm having so much fun. And all of the other stuff is done over the phone. We don't need to do it in person. I think we've learned that we don't need to do most things in person now. So the venue visits are, are the challenging part. So we do those virtually and uh, a lot of places have virtual tours, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Instagram, pretty easy. Nice. So Nia, where can people find us? Yeah, you can find us on whoido.com. You can also find us on who you I do wed on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and TikTok. You can find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Belsori on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And if you made it this far, please head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We appreciate it so much, whether you are listening to our podcast from there or anywhere else. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Carrie Ann, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us or chatting with us about boundaries. I mean, even for me, who's in wedding purgatory right now, I feel like there's a lot of things that you've said today that kind of helped me feel like, you know, I can go forward and not be like so timid to kind of like put my foot down in certain areas. Really? Yeah, Tania, because I have certain things that I know will come up at some point. I'm just kind of like ignoring it until it's going to happen. But anyway, so <laughs> thank you for that. Thank that you for all so the knowledge. Happy. I pretend I'm to so be glad. big and bad. Don't be shy to message me if you have more questions and you want to talk about your feelings. I really, really love when people vent to me. Just, I don't know. It like relaxes me to give people advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. I will definitely do so. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, well, we'll let you have the rest of your, what day is this? Wednesday back. I'm so confused. Um, I'm not. I'm ready for Friday. (laughs) I know. I am too. (laughs) We'll let you have the rest of your Wednesday. And thank y'all for listening. And we'll see you next Wednesday.